702 Radio that listens to you. This morning, we are in conversation with Nicholas Rima, F&B Head of Investment Education, and we're talking about investing in bonds. Nicholas, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? No, good morning. No, very well, thank you. Nice to be with you guys this morning. Oh. Yeah, so the, the first distinguishment that I think is uh, important with regards to definition themselves, what are bonds? So I think, I mean, the, the attraction to bonds as of lately, I think it's been on the back of, you know, market volatility as a result of COVID-19. So we've seen share prices pull back. We've seen interest rates cut and, you know, long-term savings with regards to putting funds into a bank, you're, all of a sudden your interest rates are not looking as attractive. And I think that's, that's had that shift towards looking at bonds again um, as, a, as a popular fixed income instrument. So essentially um, a bond is a debt instrument and it can either be issued by government to support state spending and obligations, or they can be issued by a company, you know, a corporate. Um, but essentially an investor is lending money to the government or that specific corporate and in return receiving interest on that loan. Um, government bonds are seen as, as lower risk as opposed to a corporate bond um, as they are backed by national government. So just like a bank would issue loans to the public and then charge the public interest on that, it's a, it's a vice versa. You, you're essentially loaning money and then in return you're getting a set of of fixed payments over a fixed period of time. Mm. And how do the government bonds and the private bonds differentiate from a mortgage bond? <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, it, it's the same name, you know, having a, having a mortgage bond, um, but, uh, you know, a mortgage bond obviously taking out to, you know, something, something to finance a specific asset in terms of a, in terms of a client utilizing a bank. Um, but, like the, the bank issuing funds for a specific person to finance an asset like a house, um, you now providing that loan either to a government institution or to a corporate. So when loaning funds to the government, uh, that's obviously there to, to support state spending. Um, and in return, you obviously, depending on the risk of that specific country, going to receive interest, um, interest payments for that. And, and exactly the same for a company, um, depending on you know, the size of the company, um, the risk of that specific company, that company is going to have to reward you then with with interest um, for you taking that risk and providing them with capital to expand their business for acquisition purposes or for organic growth, um, things like that, yeah. Mm. Uh, that seems like a lot of options to consider. And what should we take into consideration when investing in government bonds specifically? So I think, um, you know, when, when investing in government bonds, uh, essentially government bonds are, are bought by investors that are looking for a predictable income stream because they provide regular predetermined payments. Um, so, so they tick the boxes for investors with a lower risk appetite. Um, and I think that it's an effective instrument to, to look at in terms of beating the cost of inflation and providing stable, measurable returns over a fixed period of time. So the one thing to keep in mind with, with a government bond is that when you hold those government bonds to maturity, investors receive their capital back. And that's it's a really nice instrument to preserve your capital over a fixed period. Um, and I think that on top of this, in terms of a diversification instrument, like I touched on a little bit earlier, investors that have had exposure to, to equity stocks, to money market accounts, it's providing a nice alternative investment right now to provide good attractive yield that will shelter you from from, from a market downturn like we see now as a result of, of COVID-19. So I think in terms of, in terms of considerations when looking at, when looking at government bonds, there, there's different ways to get exposure to government bonds as an individual investor. Um, and there are different terms 
to maturity. Mm. So it, it depends as an investor how long you're willing to lock up your capital per se um, and whether you are investing in the specific bond as a long-term investment where you're looking to provide capital, get fixed interest returns and then get your capital back or whether you're looking at trading bonds on the secondary market waiting for changes in the economy that are going to affect the yield and the price of that bond and trying to profit off the fluctuations of that. So it depends where you, you know, what your goals are mm. as an investor, whether you're looking to invest long term or whether you're looking to trade. Oh, okay. So Nicholas, why does it sound like uh, you have a much clearer picture? And it, it's, it's, it sounds much less intimidating when you put it in, 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 uh, in, in just, I think, the concise manner you put it. Why would you think certain people are intimidated when it comes to investments, especially when it comes to bonds themselves and getting involved? So I think I think the bond market is is, is a relatively unknown market, um, and I think that you know the the pullback in the market that we see now, normally around a market event, you see other investments, you know, investors starting to look for alternative ways of generating yield, and I think that for for young investors, you know, the bond market um, is maybe not as well known or as popular as as the equity market, for example, or seen as safe as, as giving your money to. The bank, but it is a really, really nice fixed income instrument um, that can be utilised. And I think that you know, in, in, in terms of getting exposure to it, you know, you almost imagine this 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 big alternative market. Um, you know, that you need to have lots and lots of money to to be lending money to government. But you know, the truth is, you know, if you for an investor looking to have access to the government bond mm. in a quick, cheap way, you know, an investor can go to the post office and go and buy an RSA retail savings bond with as little as a thousand rand. And, you know, you can look at a bond like that um, that will have different maturity dates, two, okay. three, or five-year fixed terms. Um, and depending on the length, you know, the, the longer the longer the period of the bond, the higher the interest rate the government's prepared to give you. So right now that'll work its way up to 8.5% for a five-year RFA retail savings bond. And when you look at what you're getting in terms of, in terms of interest into a savings account, those yields are starting to look really attractive with regards to an alternative investment. So I don't think it's an investment to say go and stick all your eggs into a government mm, bond because mm. I think there, there definitely are other ways to, to grow your money through investment accounts, through equity, unit trusts, ETFs, money market accounts. So I think it's, it's a nice element to form part of your core portfolio that just provides an alternative income stream, both protecting your capital and then also from a planning point of view, um, knowing exactly what interest payments you're going to receive over a fixed period of time. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas, I, I think diversifying your portfolio has never seemed so tangible. I, I heard it and I made fine fun of it. And when you talked to Paul, talked about investments, it used to be like, no, dude, just diversify your portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> it's now a bit more tangible and understandable what you're talking about. And I like the analogy that you used of uh, not putting your eggs in one basket. So, Nicholas, if our listeners and audience are out there, and you've mentioned it in, in our discuss, discussion, but more explicitly, what actions could our listeners or investors, potential investors, take in terms of uh, securing government bonds? Would they go through uh, some assistance? Would it be a financial consultant? And also, how can they go about it individually? So, I mean, SA government bonds are, are issued by National Treasury, and, and on initial issue, this is, this is regarded as the primary issuance. That's where 
investors require a lot of money to buy a bond directly from government. It's so many millions. But there are various ways that bonds can be acquired in the secondary market. So first of all, I said investors have the option of acquiring bonds or getting bond exposure through RSA retail savings bonds. And I think that's that's the quickest way for an investor to get exposure straight away. And like I said, straight from the post office or from the RSA retail savings bonds website. From from a thousand rand, you can choose what term matches you. Alternatively, if you if you're looking to buy bonds directly, you need to buy bonds directly through a stockbroker. So you need to open up a stockbroking account through FNB, and then SA government bonds in trade on the JSE bond exchange. And then these can be bought and sold between maturity dates through the stockbroker like FNB. Um, another nice instrument um, for, for listeners getting exposure is something called a bond exchange traded fund. And what this does is it tracks a basket of South African government bonds with varying maturities and yields. So you're not just limited to one specific government bond. It's essentially an index that tracks a number of different bonds. So you get exposure to a different number of maturity dates, yields, and then your investment then um, will obviously yield that return. And that can also be bought on the, uh, through a stockbroking account. And examples of those include the Satrix SA Bond ETF um, or the Ashburton World Government Bond Index, which will give you exposure then to international bonds. Um, a bond unit trust, also something interesting, also a collective investment structure that holds a wide range of bonds. The nice thing about this is that you might get exposure then to government bonds and corporate bonds in one single investment. So you'll buy a single unit of that trust and then interest payments then will accumulate over the period and then will be distributed to you as a dividend. And then RSA retail savings bonds is the quickest one if you don't want to open up a stockbroking account and you want to just hold that specific paper to maturity. So retail savings bonds cannot be sold earlier than maturity date. So when you're buying a retail savings bond, you're going to buy it, you're going to have a fixed interest term. So it's going to say 8.5% for five years. So over five years, you're going to receive 8.5% back. Mm. And if you invested 1,000 Rand in the beginning, at the end of year five, you're going to receive your 1,000 Rand back. Nicholas, I wish, as you mentioned, this was common knowledge to so many people. I mean, you've got diversity, um, segmentation within diversification of your portfolios, aggregation, and so much access to all this information that is available at the moment. In terms of historical data, how have uh, bonds performed in the past and how have they been affected by the pandemic? So in the past, if you look at, if you look at say, 10 years, your equity stocks are always going to, over a 10-year period, you've got higher growth opportunities when you invest in, in equity stocks. But on, on the back of a market event like this, your, your bond rates are generally going to be around you know, 10 9%, 10% over a given period. So over a long-term period of time, your, your companies can obviously have opportunities to grow from capital growth and then from dividend distribution. Um, but but from, a, from a consistent performance point of view, um, investors will, will turn to bond, bonds for consistent returns. So before the pandemic, bond rates, the 10-year bond yield was just over 11%, um, and then that was obviously becoming attractive. We saw interest rate cuts. Um, as a result of the pandemic, and all of a sudden, when the interest rate cuts now, long-term savings vehicles don't become, um, you know, viable for certain long-term savers, and that's when the attention then shifts back to government bonds because that type of fixed instrument is now providing much healthier interest rates. So, because of that, we saw an increase in the demand for bonds, which then pushed up the price and then decreases the interest that's available to investors. So what we've seen over the period of the pandemic 
is we've seen high bond yields on the back of the junk status rating before COVID-19 because obviously, you know, there's an element of risk. We're lending money now to the South African government from international and local investors. But then because of the rate cuts and because of the attractive yields being offered, the demand has increased. As soon as there's an increase in demand, it pushes the price up, which then pushes the yield of the bond down. So currently we're sitting at around 9.3% for the 10-year government bond yield, which is still a very, very attractive yield when you look at what you can potentially be getting from a savings return now as a result of the repo rate cuts. It's Nicholas Zuma, F&B Head of Investment Education, has been chatting to us about investing in bonds. Nicholas, thank you for a very insightful and informative discussion this morning. Please do be safe and all the best. Thank you so much, you too. Really nice to join you guys.